0: I want to be the best i want to be the best simple and plain. that's why i play the game but to be the best you have to win
1: and that's what welcome back everybody to another episode of the clutch talk podcast slash youtube slash we do it all it's sunday may 8th happy mother's day to everybody out there my boy jay hill over there in the six how you doing my dog
2: great big wing last night but that's also not why i'm doing great
0: you got it. The man has the return. Lance, make him dance. What's up, Lance? guys? What's up, Lance? <laughs> Not much, man. I appreciate you guys. John J. Hill for letting me on again. Like, I appreciate it. Love coming on your guys' podcast. Just excited to be here and talk some NBA playoff basketball.
1: Yes, sir, man. And for, hey, for, for, all, for all the OG, um, uh, OG listeners, the family, the, the, the ones that's really been down for a minute, y'all know Lance's – damn near regular to the pod now man so lance we're very happy to uh to have you on and um for all the for, for for all the listeners too, make sure you go check out lance's work uh lance is from the everything pistons podcast man so i will link all of his work down in the description down below so make sure you check him out very knowledgeable guy that's why we had to bring him back on to talk about this uh these uh round two series updates so you, you guys ready to just talk about some of these games some of these series yes sir and let's do it let's do it so let's let's kick it off with uh i mean the, the same series we've been kicking it off with um all for all these previous episodes and that's the Celtics versus Bucks. right now uh we just seen um right now the Bucks are up 2-1 we just seen him uh get that get that very close win last night uh me and Jay both have Celtics in seven Lance since this is your first time uh get getting your thoughts on on this series talk to us about who you got and how many games just some of the things you've been you've been seeing so far or even what you look forward to
0: um, so in this series, I got the Celtics. Like, I took them as soon as they um swept the Brooklyn Nets. I love what the Celtics are doing, man. They're good defensively, they have a lot of different offensive firepower, they have depth. I love this team. It kind of stinks that they ran into Milwaukee in the second round because that would be such a fun Eastern Conference Finals um, matchup. But we're getting in round two. I think the Celtics win it in seven as well. I really thought they were going to pull off that win last night. I'm not going to get into like how I thought the refs were refing the game and everything because it definitely seemed like there were a few questionable calls, especially coming down late. But I got the Celtics in seven, and that's no disrespect to the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think without Chris Middleton and you have guys like Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen stepping in and trying to fill that role that they have, it's just a little too much, and the task is, uh, you know, it's it's too big of a burden for those guys to carry. So yeah, I got the Celtics in seven over the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Celtics is a seven. All right, so you're, you're, you're right there on the same ship with me and Jay. But, Jay, talk, talk, talk to me. I'm seeing some facial expressions, Jay. Are, are, you, are you switching, Jay, or, or what's going on, my brother? I'm seeing – for the YouTube, I, I'm seeing some facial expressions.
2: Hey, Jay and, and, and Lance, I hear you, man. We, we had the Celtics in this. They're a great defensive team. But, Jay, you know, we talked about on the last episode about X factors. Who's it going to be for the Bucks, and who's it going to be for the Celtics? For the, for the Bucks thought it was Drew Holiday because we know what Giannis does he's a superstar best player in the league in my opinion best player in the world game two he struggled he didn't shoot the ball well game three we knew it wasn't going to be the same thing he came back absolutely dominant last night with 42 points um, to finish the night and getting it done defensively offensively but for the x-factor for the Celtics who do we talk about
0: Jason Tatum
2: we need it. They, the, Cel- if the Celtics are going to win this series. Jason Tatum needs to play like the superstar we all know he can be. And what did he do last night? And what has he done in the games they've lost? He shot 33% in Game One, loss, L. And then in Game Three, four for 19, 21% from the field. I know numbers don't always tell the story, but if you're that's your leading guy, the X factor, the Celtics. If they're going to win this series, they need Jason Tatum to perform. And if he's not going to do that on the road, especially. You can't expect role players to step up. And uh, I mean, it's just concerning right now, the way Jason Tatum has played. He's, he played well in game two, but so did the whole Celtics team. Uh, and they shot the ball extremely well. So it's concerning right now as I see it. And, and that's my just analysis so far. Like They need Tatum to be the superstar he is if they expect to come out of this series. And I know I picked the Celtics in seven, but if this performance continues, I, I don't think they're going to be able to, to overcome that.
1: Man, I mean, I mean, we we talked about that, Jay. Uh, you know, we talked about um you know Drew Holiday for the Bucks being the X Factor, and and and, and Tatum, and that and that's actually something that I that I I want to go off and and while yes, um I uh I'm happy, you know happy the Bucks got this one and yes, the Bucks got a win, and a, a win is a win. If you win by one point, if you win by thirty five points, a win is a win. But it did take a forty two point. Double double from Giannis, dang near a triple double. Uh, I like how you mentioned Jay. A terrible game from Jason Tatum, ten points. The Bucks got a lot of work to do, man. Uh, I, Giannis did his thing. Drew Holiday, twenty-five point seven rebounds. You 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 want him to step up more, but it's not like he didn't show up. Twenty-five and seven, almost almost had a double double himself. But what I think um, is gonna is really a, a, another big X factor for the Bucks and somewhere where they really got to step up is those shooters, man. Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews, Pat Connor and George Hill uh, I, I I Grayson Allen um, George Hill Wesley Matthews all had under five points. Grayson Allen actually didn't score. Pat Connaughton had eleven, but to me, like that's like that that's not enough. You're getting so many open looks. I can tell you just from watching the game last night. I saw down the stretch at least at least Pat Connaughton get three open looks and blow all three late in the game. So I, I think you know that that that's something that the the Bucks really need to really need to look at, man. Because that game, uh, I mean, Giannis is extremely dominant. And and AJ, you know, you start you sat t- at the top of the pod. Don- He's just the most dominant player right now, and I'm, I'm right there with you. But I don't think it's um, a smart nor um, nor a healthy way for the Bucks to keep letting Giannis play like this. That, that game three, Giannis kept his foot on their neck like all game, like all game, kept going to the hoop. Like I was looking at it. I was looking at a shot chart. Like, guys, he took – Three shots outside of the paint. <laughs> he did like he just they were just killing him in there. The Bucks scored 52 points in the paint. So they were making it a a, a a point for Giannis to just put his head down and get to the hoop. And I just don't know how sustainable that is. Um so yes, the Bucs got this one, but uh, but man, if they want to win this series, these shooters need to step up, man. Well, what's up, Lance? Talk
0: to oh, me. I was gonna say, I think that's kind of like a good strategy though for the Boston Celtics. Let Giannis do his thing. It kind of reminds me of like when the Pistons let Shaq do his thing in the NBA finals, like I don't care if you score 30-40 points, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna stop everybody else. As long as I can stop everybody else, I can allow you to do your thing. So even though the Bucks came out with a victory last night, it was still a really close game. They allowed Giannis to do whatever he wanted to do, but it just came down to those final couple shots for the Celtics. And you know, I mean they could easily be up two-one right now if those shots just fell a little differently. So I don't mind Giannis getting what he wants against the Boston Celtics, as long as the Boston Celtics can shut everybody else down and like make life difficult for them. And uh, you guys are talking about an X factor. Like, even though I talked about um, Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton a little bit at the beginning, those guys are huge X factors for me, for the Milwaukee Bucks. If they want to win, they have to consistently step up and, you know, really try to, Replace what Chris Middleton brought them game in and game out. They have to do that. Like Giannis creates, there's so much gravity gravity when he has the ball that he opens up everything else around for everybody. They have to hit open shots for the Milwaukee Bucks to win this series. But on the other hand, for the Boston Celtics, I like that you guys threw out Jason Tatum, but I got Grant Williams has the X factor for them, man. Like he's been. Stepping off the bench for him and playing a huge role. He's shooting 49% from three. He played stout defense on Kevin Durant in the first round. Game two, he made life hell for Giannis. Even though he's only six foot six, like he's a good defensive player, and you're never going to stop Giannis. But if you can slow him down and make things difficult, the Boston Celtics have a real shot at winning this series. He's essentially a mini Al Horford out there. Like whatever the team asks him to do, he will do. And that's why Grant Williams is an X factor for me, for the Boston Celtics.
2: I, I like that. Yeah. What's up? Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. No, I mean, I hear that, Lance. Like, you need those, those role players um, to step up. And I guess more for, so for us, when we said those X factors, it was kind of the star players or, you know, secondary role players. But when you say role players that need to step up and, and are going to be the difference makers in the series in that sense, I, I think Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, and then Grant Williams are, are two great picks. And I would have to agree with you on that. Um, I mean, my, yeah. oh, go on my bad. Go on. This is like a, yeah, yeah. Just a quick question for you. And and you, you know, you el- elated, elaborated a little bit on, on the series, but, my, my only concern, and maybe, you know, John Lance talked to me about this, the the Boston Celtics in their only win, they shot 40, 47% or close to 50% um, from the three-point line. And similar, um, they took so many threes because Milwaukee was forcing them to take so in game two, and they were knocking them down at a, a high click. I think they shot close to 60% in the first half of game two. But then we flip it around to, to yesterday, and they shot 27% from the three-point line, only 36 percent um from the field overall and and that's concerning to me because if they are going to be relying on those on the three-point shots yes you're relying on guys to knock down shots but i i think that's so insurmountable if they're not going to shoot the ball well like what do you what do you guys think about that in the only game they want
0: um i guess like for the poor shooting i'm just going to take it back to last game they only lost by what was it two or three points and even though they were shooting poorly i guess it goes shows you that, like, their defense is really good enough to keep them in these games that, and you guys are right, they do need Jason Tatum to step up. He absolutely has to be the superstar that he is. You know, like, if the shot's not falling from outside, he has to find a way to create offense for himself by attacking the rim. And, you know, maybe even though he struggled last night, I think there's, like, he's still figuring it out, like how to go up against the Bucks' length. And I think he will figure it out. I mean, that win, even though Milwaukee Bucks got it and they took it, it was still such a close game, even though the Boston Celtics were shooting poorly. I'm not so concerned with uh, shooting poorly because they're an NBA team. They will figure out how to get the ball in the hoop. They will figure out how to score. So I think it's just more about Jason Tatum stepping up and picking his spots and not getting too frustrated with what the defense is showing him because he is, in fact, the superstar of this team. And they only go as far as he's willing to take them.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really. I'm really right there with you, Lance. As with as far as uh, Tatum, I think that uh, whenever the Celtics are struggling offensively, it needs to fall on, ta- on on Tatum's shoulders. And I love what you said right there, Lance. If he's not getting it going offensively, he's got he, He's got to find other ways to get players involved. I mean, I'm looking at his stat line: ten points, three assists, one steal. Um, three turnovers is just you know you definitely got to try to get, get other players involved zero for six from a three-point line four of 19 from the field so just uh uh you know uh, i i always say that you know if you're not get, if you're not if, you, if it's not your night that's okay but get, get other people going because then you're just going to simply shoot your shoot your uh your team your team out of the game so yeah man i i i 100 agree that any offensive struggles now needs to fall on jason tatum's shoulders and he, he needs to he's got to be the guy to, 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 to step up because he's that offensive leader on that team. How, how, would you agree, Jay?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 that's all, all the story of his career and like his development, um, his maturity is if he's not getting his shot going, it's, it's yes. Like, can he be able to distribute? Can he get guys, other guys looks because the focus of the defense will always be on Tatum. Um, is he going to put his teammates in positions to knock down shots, get easier looks. Um, and that could be the key to the series. You know, Grant Williams, is he going to be in positions? Is he going to be wide open looks? Is he going to, like, draw doubles and um, be able to knock down shots from role players? So, yeah, absolutely agree with that.
0: And, two, if, like, Tatum's shot's not falling and, you know, he needs to absolutely – you're absolutely right, he needs to be able to create plays for other guys and they need to hit shots. But, man, like, if your shot's not falling, do something else to help out the team. Step up defensively, you know – Get down and like lock somebody up, like help your team that way. If your shot's not falling, find other ways to help your team. And that can be on the defense side. It can be by setting other guys up. It can be by being a decoy, but just do something where we're not so focused on your poor shooting night that we can point to other things in the game. Like he did this. Well, he did this. He took the challenge of locking up Giannis or drew holiday. Like he went toe to toe with Bobby Portis, you know, whatever it is. That's what you need. That's something else you need to see from Jason Tatum as the series goes on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely.
1: All right, guys. So then, so then, let's get to this next series here, and that's man, by far, by far the most physical, the most uh, rugged, the most dirty series we've been seeing so far, man. On on both fans on both sides, man. That's the Warriors versus Grizzlies, man. Right now, the Warriors are up two one. Just got a crazy game last night, man. Uh Hill has Warriors in five. I have Warriors in um in in seven. Uh, I mean, first, I mean in this series, guys. I mean, first we've seen you know Dylan Brooks with that. Um, that you know n- not the not the smartest move, pretty dirty move on 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 g p two the warriors you know publicly upset about that, and then you know game three uh we have we that seen that thing with with jordan Poole, you know pulling jaw 's knee, some people would say. Uh, I, I'm some people would say it's, it's dirty. I mean, uh, just like Dylan Brooks, you can't judge intent, but I mean, some people say it's dirty. Some people wouldn't say it's dirty. We got a warriors expert in the building here. So I thought who better to go to than my guy, Jay. So Jay talk to me about how you're feeling about this series. Um, was the move dirty what was all that Jay talk to me.
2: First of all. Yeah. I'll,
1: I'll talk a little bit just
2: about, about the series and what I saw in game three. Number one, law of averages. Um, Warriors have two of the best, greatest shooters, undisputably, of all time, like on the same roster. Uh, and and you, you add you add Mr. Poole to that party, and, and man, it's uh, it's pretty deadly. And that's what we saw last night. Um, law of averages shot sixty three, uh, like un un like just it just felt like they were really unguardable last night. That offense um, so high powered. Um, and it was bound to happen back at home. And then adding, I love the move of adding jo- Jonathan Kaminga to the starting lineup for the, for the Warriors. And if you want to talk about X factors for them, Jay, you talked about it on the last episode. I think he's huge reason. You know, he's, he defensively, number one, throwing bodies at him, throwing his athleticism at Ja, you know, made things a little more difficult. Ja's obviously similar to Giannis, great player. He's going to get his, but slowing him down, like Lance talked about, was huge for them last night. Um, and he played great, 18 minutes, um, energy guy, 18 points in 17 minutes. And then Otto Porter as well. Um, he's provided just energy, all, all series on the boards, defensively, getting those 50-50 balls. But last night, where the difference was for him, he was knocking down shots. I found, like, time after time in that first half, when the, when the game was close, Otto Porter, Jr., Auto portage. He, <laughs> he was knocking down those shots when they needed them most, and um, and that's exactly what they're going to need. And role players, what do they do at home? They step up, they hit those shots that you need. Um, similar to what they what they did. Am I expecting them to shoot sixty three percent the rest of the series? I, I don't think so. Um, but that but the averages uh, I've laid out a little
1: bit, and then um, Jay it just felt like it was close. Man. Jay, and then. The- Hey Jay, talk to me. The family wants to hear you, Jay. The family wants to hear you. you. know, hey Jay, we are we love your basketball inside, Jay. But the, fa- the family out there, they're into the drama, Jay. They're into they're into that TNT drama, Jay. So talk to me. How do you feel, Jay, about that whole thing? And just talk to me about it. Has it, it hasn't been a dirty series to you? Um, it has. It's been physical.
2: It's been physical. Um, there's been some questionable plays. I thought Draymond was little. It was a little excessive. I don't think it warranted a flagrant two, um, but it, but it was excessive. I don't. I, I don't think it was. You can never judge intent. You um, didn't want to give up an easy basket, so he, he didn't let it easy. basket. Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, was a dirty play. You can talk about whether he wanted to do it or not. The dude didn't jump. That was the most out of all these plays we've seen. That was the most egregious just reckless play um, that I've seen in a while, ultimately. Um, but, but that was that. And then you look at last night, yes, Jordan Poole, he was, I think he was making a play on the ball, ultimately. He got his knee. Um, I don't know if it was dirty. He was going for the ball. I think, yeah, like you said, media, it's going to be talked about whether it's dirty. But there was a, there was a play where Desmond Bain, Um, people aren't talking about this. Desmond Bain dove for the ball right at Jordan Poole's leg. If we're going to talk about Jordan Poole and him going for the ball, Desmond Bain literally dove at the guy's legs. Um, Luckily, Jordan Poole didn't get get injured. But I think there's these plays, the intent, whether it's dirty or not, is hard. And, And you could tell he wasn't going for his knee. I personally don't consider that dirty on Poole's part. Desmond Bain's, I don't know. But these plays are so... Besides Dylan Brooks, these plays are so hard to judge whether the intent, whether it's dirty or not. Lance, I don't know how you're feeling about all these plays. Oh,
0: I Here's just, man. I just wanted to say something about nobody else is talking about. In the third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter, where where John Morant lunged at Clay Thompson and they bumped knees, and then he started limping a little bit afterwards. That I believe is when the initial knee injury actually happened for John Morant and. I, I mean, I, I, I have the video like on my phone. I saw it last night. I'm like, man, I'm going to save that. I don't know what made me want to save it, but that I, I saved that clip where now I'm seeing all this stuff about Jordan Poole, how he's a dirty player. I'm a huge Michigan basketball fan. Like Jordan Poole is like, I'm so glad his career has turned out the way it has. Like, I love that it's gone this way. I didn't think it was a dirty play from Jordan Poole because I play basketball and I know sometimes when you're trying to get a steal, dude, you might dude, you might actually accidentally hit somebody, you know, like where the ball was, they might cross it over flip hands or something. That's kind of what it seemed like to me. I Taylor Jenkins, the Memphis head coach, he made it seem so much worse with his quote about it, where he said that Jordan Poole grabbed his knee and yanked it. I thought when I, when I Googled that, like I, I Googled his words to find the video. It was not grabbing the knee and yanking and trying to pull the knee out of place or whatever. He wasn't, I don't think it was intentional at all. Dylan Brooks play though. Like you were saying, Jay, he didn't even jump like that. In my opinion is a very dirty play. Like I've been in those situations where you beat someone you're going to the rim and all they do is just, I mean, sometimes it could be a little worse, but I've definitely been pushed from behind plenty of times playing basketball where nobody, they weren't even trying to make a play on the ball. that was a dirty play by Dylan Brooks. I felt like a one-game suspension wasn't enough, especially since Gary Payton II is out for probably the rest of the playoffs. That dude has worked so hard for six years to find a role in a home in the NBA, and he finally found found it in Golden State. He was starting in the playoffs, and now it's all over. That, in my opinion, should warrant a much longer suspension than just one game. I mean, I – I was just so frustrated watching that play, not only because I'm a fan of Gary Payton, but just because I'm a basketball player at the end of the day too. And I hate plays like that. Dylan Brooks, the dirtiest play by far that I've seen, probably honestly, probably in like the last two years or two or three years of watching playoff basketball. I can't even really remember a play that I thought was so, that was that dirty where they weren't even trying to make a play on the ball and then actually took the guy out for the rest of the season. It was just a bad play. I hated it from Dylan Brooks. I didn't really like the Draymond Green play because I thought what that he got ejected. I thought that was fair. I didn't think he was trying to help Brandon Clark up. I saw when he grabbed the jersey, he pulled him down. That, in my opinion, was kind of a dirty play as well. So, I don't know. It's just been kind of a gritty series from both of these guys. And I guess that's my thoughts on the play so far on those on those three plays. Real
2: quick. Yeah, real Jack? quick. Sorry, Dan. Real quick about just the just labyrinth to that point. I think the Jordan Poole play, and then you mentioned, Lance, him bumped uh, Ja Morant. First of all, I hope Ja is healthy. I, don't, I want both, both teams to be healthy and be in the series. Obviously, we're not going to get that because Gary Payton's already injured now for, for probably the rest of the season. But for the players that are here, I hope Ja is, is healthy. He's able to play game four because the Grizzlies are done without him. Um, I think they're done regardless. But if he's out for game four, um, it's just it's just from an NBA fan, from a basketball fan, it's something you don't want to see. And I hope he's healthy. Just, just state it because I didn't say it earlier. But I will say for Jordan Poole's play to compared to Draymond and Dylan Brooks, I think it's absurd to be even comparing the two, especially the Dylan Brooks play that took a dude out for the season. I think that's silly and uh, disgraceful to even compare the two because completely –
1: different plays um, in the context of the game. Just thought I'd say that point. So in my opinion, guys, I'm 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 actually a li- leaning more towards just like kind of how you said, Lance. Just, I'm just chalking this series up as a, a dirty series both ways. I think that the the Draymond Green move was a dirty move for sure. I think the Dylan, Dylan Brooks move was a dirty move for sure. I think that the the Jordan Poole was a dirty move for sure. I think Desmond, De- Desmond Bain diving on Jordan Poole's leg was a dirty move for sure. In my opinion, I'm just chalking all of this up as just... This is just a dirty gritty series on both ends. But you know what? To be honest, I mean, you we hate to see the injuries. But like, man, I mean, th- you know, this is playoff basketball. You know, we you don't want to see injuries. That's that's and that's the last thing I want people to think I'm trying to say. But I'm just saying like the dirtiness you know what i'm saying coming from both ends you know what i'm saying like that's that that's what that greediness is about and i mean you, no, i'm not saying the greediness is about injuries but i'm just saying that's where you know no buckets up and and you know one team gets upset when when you know your brother gets hurt out there you know you're at war a lot of them talk about really going to war out there and you know you you you, you see a dirty play like uh, like Draymond's, a, a warrior is going to come back. You see a dirty play like Dylan Brooks, a, 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 a warriors are going to come back to it. Grizz is going to come back to it. I think at the end of the day, man, like it's just, it's just one of those, one of those great series. I mean, Lance, you, you're you a Detroit guy, you know about just rugged basketball and physical. So I think it's just one of those physical series, but I'm glad to see it, man. I'm, I'm not glad to see the injuries, but I'm glad to see the physicalness, man. Cause that's how, you know, like, this is real playoff basketball. And and just another thing just to add on there, like this these last couple of games we've been seeing, like the score hasn't gone over like a hundred and like ten guys. You know what I'm saying? So like this is real physical defense, gritty playoff basketball. So man, I mean
0: and, and that's what we love though, right? Like, I, I, mean, I think we so. all we all talk about 40, it like you can, well, we can all like we see it on social media, Twitter, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, it doesn't matter. Like, we all want to see physical basketball in this series, in my opinion. It's been my personal favorite. Like, I love the atmosphere from both arenas. I love John Moran's dad being at every game, sitting courtside, doing his thing. Like, that is amazing. I just love the atmosphere of this series. And I love that it's physical, man. I love that guys are on the ground. I love that guys are giving each other hard fouls when they're going to the rim. Like, I love that. I mean, I don't like... You know what the bad boys and the Boston Celtics and the Lakers were doing in the 80s like I don't want to see clotheslines on the court, but I want to see physical basketball man I want to see that style come back to the NBA and I think this series is it's kind of an eye opener but it's also funny that even though we're having this physical series that we have all been begging for for a long time we want the NBA to get kind of back to this level of physicality. I find it funny that there are so many fans that just want to cry and whine about how there's not this being called or it's too physical or that. Like you can't have it both ways. You got to pick one or the other. I love this physical brand of basketball. It has been so much fun for me to watch this series. It's been awesome, man. I there, I don't even have enough words to describe this series, but I have personally loved this series more than I think. I'll lose sleep. I don't even care if this game starts mm-hmm. at 1 a.m. I will watch the I will watch this series. I will watch it for how many games it is. I hope it goes to game seven. I think the Warriors win in five, but man, I'm gonna be up for all of them. Like I just love this series so much. Man, yes, this is a great series. What's up, Jay? Go ahead.
2: Okay, real quick. Um about that. I think also in, in the series. And you mentioned the physicality. I think that just comes with the territory. Um, Josh ja, ja said it from the beginning, like we don't want all the smoke and the, these, and you got to remember, yeah. you're going to get all the smoke. You, you said, let's have some fun. You, it's going to be fun. Like these, these are the three time. Um, these are three time NBA champions. These, these guys are back in the playoffs for the first time. They're going to come with the fire. And as do you, you're the young hungry Grizzlies, a team that I love. And Jay, what did I say from the beginning? This is a team that I don't want to see in, in the in the playoffs. I think the Grizzlies are going to be the team of the future for, for, for sure. I don't know if they're ready yet. Um, but but man, it's gonna it's this is what they want to the smoke, they're gonna get all the smoke, and this is gonna be a great series.
0: Still hey, got Jay. my dubs and five. Oh man, I want to ask Jay one quick question. Go ahead, Lance. Jay, Go ahead. How did since you're a Warriors fan, how did you feel about John ja Morant? pulling out the gritty in the first game like it was like what like I think it was in the first half and he just started dancing on the court like mid-game how as a Warriors fan did that make you feel because I know me personally as a competitor as a basketball player I'm just like oh my god dude I hope (laughs) we beat them by like 30 like I want to blow these dudes out so badly like when I saw him doing that but how did you feel as a Warriors
2: fan? Man, I, I was, I was, I, 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 yeah, I wanted to beat these guys. Like, unfortunately, well, I will say that, that was like, okay, these guys aren't serious. Like, man, he's going to come out. He's going to be dancing. <laughs> when you hit it after a three like that, I was like, okay, it's on. Like, I want to beat these guys already. But even from the beginning of the season, like, they were talking all this, the media hyped it up. And I think there's some false things said about Iguadala that were not true. But the media is going to create that story to, to build it up. And the, the Grizzlies bought into it, but I was just like, man, Lance, to answer your question, I was like, oh, okay, it's it's on. And then um to to after that, just throughout the series, I've just been thinking like FDB, first of all, for those you can you can do. <laughs> From game since since the beginning of game two, when when certain something certain thing happened, you know, people, listeners, and everyone, you can you can understand and what that means. FDB, that's been my mentality. I think the Warriors have that too. So they got to beat this this Memphis team and humble them. Humble the young folks as good as they are. Humble this young team.
1: Man, man, this is like how Lance said. One of those great greedy series. Just for the family out there, make sure you guys. To, don't miss a game. Just don't miss none of these games, guys. Come on. Like, in the, regular, in the regular season, I hear you. You know, there's, like, 10 games starting at, like, the same time. But right now, guys, there's no excuse. Everybody needs to be watching all of these games. <laughs>
0: so, I just want to say one more thing, too, about this series. Like, Jay, you had talked about your X Factor, um, Jonathan Kaminga. Dude, I 100% agree with you. He is – I loved watching him play last night. Like, he is a huge – X factor for them. We all know what Jordan, I was going to pick Jordan Poole, but I thought that was too easy. Cause I'm like, man, you know what? That dude's already arrived. He's a scorer. He's a playmaker for the Warriors, but Jonathan Kaminga and what he brings to this team. He allows them to play small ball without, I mean, he allows them to play small ball with more height. He's athletic. He's energetic. He's he's a hustler. Like he's willing to play defense. I love Jonathan Kaminga, and I think he is the absolute X factor. And we are watching – man, the Warriors hit it. You know, they hit it again with the Jonathan Kaminga pick, man. I don't think the Warriors dynasty is going to die for a while. You know, like that is – man, that was such a great pick. And you are starting to see him come into his own and figure it all out. And, man, he's going to be a dangerous player in a couple seasons.
1: Hey, hey, for for, uh, for everyone listening, hey, Jay, we got to – we we take our credit when we're wrong, but we got to take our credit when we're right. On the last episode, me and Jay said the Warriors have to play Jonathan Kaminga more, play him more, do this thing. And then also another thing me and Jay said is, the, I mean a- a- Andrew Wiggins has got to be there. When Andrew Wiggins is there, they are just uh, a whole another level. They really got like really like a. On, a, on the low, a big four out there if Andrew Wiggins is playing that good. Um, and he did. And just, just, just I mean, just want to give ourselves some credit too, Jay, because we called yeah. that one out.
0: Isn't that crazy, though? You're watching the Warriors, and they have so much depth. I completely forgot Andrew Wiggins was even on this team, even That's though fun. he just yeah. baptized Brandon Clark earlier in the series. <laughs> like, yeah. man, I completely forgot. He had a good game last night too. And, mm-hmm. dude, it's yeah. so funny, like, watching Andrew Wiggins on this team because I remember – When they first traded for him, I was on Reddit and I'm just sitting there talking. I'm like, dude, this is this this is a great trade. This is a steal for the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins is going to make this team like he's going to be phenomenal in that Harrison Barnes role. I got shit on by so many people on Reddit telling me I was wrong, and just to see him become an All Star, whether it was warranted or not. Doesn't matter, but then to seem to have continued success in the playoffs with the Warriors—that's a win, man. That is a win. It is man. incredible to see what Andrew Wiggins has done with the Golden State Warriors, man. I love
1: it. Big bounce back from Andrew Wiggins, man. We we, we love to see it, man. So, all right. So man, then, man, what, what's real up, Jack? Real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, ahead Jack. Well, maybe
2: both of you, just real quick. Quick. So, is is Jordan Poole? as easy a star?
0: Oh yeah, I think he's. <laughs> Well, he's in that weird tier where you're going to want to see him, I believe, you're going to want to, I know he had a great season with the Warriors, but you want to see him play like with this, the the playoff level into the regular season. That's when I think he will take his, he'll jump up into that star. Like he right now is on the cusp of being a star in the NBA, but I think you just want to see this level of intensity and this level of play throughout 82 games in the regular season. But man, I, I can tell you right now, he is going to get, paid for sure i don't know by who but exactly. jordan Poole is gonna get paid man, man. yeah
1: and, and for, for for me i would say the same thing i'd say just consist consistency is what would take him to the top i think right now he's at that uh i would say like tyler hero level where it's like you know you're legit man but you're not yet at that like Luca you know that Devin Booker level yet but he's definitely you know touching there he just needs the consistency there to, to be real because I mean he'll have like explode a, like a 32 point game then explode for like an eight point game we just need like to find like that median you know so yeah I, I he, he he can definitely get there he's definitely about to get paid and yeah. let, 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 let's see man the Warriors got some decisions to make they got a lot of good players coming up man uh, uh make it happen, boy. Make it but, happen, hey, man, Jay. Just, no, if they let
2: Jordan Poole go, like that would be a travesty, man. They gotta like make anything
1: move Make it play happen. Out. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I if know, they let him say, go, he's like, that's not my job. Jay's like, that's not my job. Hey, I, they're gonna, here to talk yeah. about basketball.
0: Dude, if they let him go, I hope he signs in Detroit. I would love to see him <laughs> there with Cade Cunningham. Like, uh, that would be such a fun backcourt, in my opinion. Two playmakers, two guys that can get you buckets that is a backcourt that you can win with i would love to see it so yeah i'm hoping the warriors don't pay him and he can come to detroit but <laughs> if he's going to get paid and he stays in golden state that, i'm then. fine with that
1: <laughs> oh yeah. man all right so yeah. then so then let's let's keep it pushing man and let's get <laughs> to this next series man and that's the suns versus the mavs right now the suns are leading 2-1 uh jay hill got suns in 6 i got suns in 5 honestly guys like i'm i'm just going to go real quick and just kind of talk about this cuz I know the Mavs got to win, got to win, but this, this series is still over, in my opinion. You know, shout out the other players that that, that showed up in, in Brunson and in Kleba, because on the last episode, I man, I called them out and I called them out on their names. And I was like, you need to show up and you need to help Luca. And Luca was out there by himself um, the first two games. But game three, you know, Brunson stepped up, it led the Mavs with 28 points maxi also stepped up but like i just said like this series is over and it doesn't mean anything to me because this was an uncharacteristic game from both parties right so like the Suns, the uh this was an uncharacteristic bad game for them they were they scored 20 points in the first quarter which mind you was the lowest amount of points they scored in the first quarter all season they were stuck at 20 from the beginning of the second quarter all into the eight minute mark um cp3 might have had the worst game of his just career straight up at halftime he had five points and seven turnovers cp3 the man who does not turn the ball over he ended the game with 12.7 turnovers four fouls the sun's a team that doesn't really turn the ball over very often ended the game with 17 turnovers and i mean what makes the suns great is the role players who always perform or the, 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 their team is extremely deep but this game that did not happen um and i just I I don't see the, the, I don't think the chances of this happening again. Are 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 high, and then when we flip it to the other end, the maps had an uncharacteristically good game, in my opinion. They had one turnover the entire first half. If you take uh, their, from game one and game two, they had 26 turnovers in total. In game three, they had eight turnovers. So I think this is a very uncharacteristic game, good game for them. They had 34 points in the paint in the first quarter. Finished the entire game with 50 points in the paint. A team who isn't that big inside, man. But this was just one of those games where, like the you know, uh, uh, the guys was like here you go man you can make every shot in the world just it's all going in and i mean it, the, the, this was for the Mavs to win and uh you know happy for the Mavs i didn't want to see luca get swept man but it's in my opinion this, this i talked about on the last episode the suns got him covered like the suns are just a better team and they're gonna
0: they're, they're gonna they're gonna take
1: this series man so
0: lance I'm i would
1: gonna, love to get your thoughts
0: how many games do you think it goes to like are you thinking five
1: i think i think or... sun's
0: i think sun's in five okay i That would like if I was gambling, I would definitely put the Suns in five, but I just have this feeling that this series could go to seven games because I feel like the Warriors and the Grizzlies will go to five. We need one series to go to seven games, and for some reason, it just feels like this series could go seven games. I'm probably wrong, I'm not right about a lot of things, but I would love to see it. I think the biggest thing though for the Mavericks is just kind of staying out of their own head. Like, I mean, you're playing against Chris Paul, man. Like he's been in the game for a long time. He knows all the tricks. Like he knows how to get away with certain things that don't look like fouls. Like I, it was Jalen Brunson. I got an offensive foul, just dribbling the ball up the floor. You know, it was, it's just those things. Don't let Chris Paul get in the, into your head. And like Luca, you know, there was that clip of him arguing with the fan dude, just stay focused on the game. You're one of the best players in the NBA. Your team needs you. Don't get into these arguments that mean nothing, that don't help you in the game whatsoever. That Those are some things that need to change. And then Jalen Brunson, man, he looked like, you know, he was going to get paid at the end of the first, you know, the first round against the Utah Jazz. And he's been struggling other than, you know, the last game. I think he had, what was it, 24, 28 points. 28. But, um, you know, for him, he's a smallish guard. I've said this before in my own podcast on the everything Pistons one where cause a lot of Pistons fans want the Pistons to sign Jalen Brunson. He's just too small of a guard, man. And it's just, you know, and that's what you're seeing against a, like a lengthier, more defensive oriented team in Phoenix. So again, if the Mavericks really want to go far, don't let Chris Paul get in your head. Don't let the outside noise get in your head. And then Jalen Brunson, He's probably the second best player in this team. He needs to step up. Like his three point ball, it's not been falling at all in this playoffs. He's been doing most of his damage inside the arc. Try to go back to those things that have been working for you. And that's what I think will help the Mavericks push this series. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I definitely think Phoenix has too much depth and they're too good and they've been playing together for a little bit longer than this Mavericks team. And they just have better talent. But if the Mavericks want to push this series, they need Jalen Brunson to step up, and that's why he's my X factor for this series.
2: Yeah, I think, I think, it's, gonna, I think it's going six or seven. Uh, I just think role, role players step up uh, at home. It's consistent theme. Um, Phoenix didn't play well in, in game three, but I thought that was a lot of credit defensively um, to, to what Dallas was doing, the schemes they were throwing at. Um, making it, making the reads tougher for Chris Paul, which is, which is hard to say. I mean, Chris Paul, even he's a maestro. doesn't matter what reads you throw at, but they they were doing a good job of throwing different schemes. Credit to Jason Kidd and, uh, and his staff for making, making Dallas um, more stout defensively and throwing different um, kind of jump defenses and schemes at, at the Phoenix team to make them think a little bit more because number one, the way the, the the percentage that they were shooting at and I talk about laws averages in last series for the Warriors, similar to the Suns, things are bound to, you know, even themselves. The the percentage they were they were shooting from the two was insane, especially Chris Paul. I mean, at that point, that's gonna drop to a little bit, and that's what we saw in, in game two. Or sorry, excuse me, in game three, it dropped to a little bit of a normal, more normal rate. Um if Dallas can continue to keep up with them. Defensively, they can make this a series. And I, I looked for them to even it up um, tonight in uh, in game four because of that. I just think that they're going to continue to play well. I think I, another big game I can see from from Jalen Brunson, and it can't be all Luka if they're going to win um, tonight, especially. I don't see them winning the series, but I see tonight they can even things up um, in Dallas at home.
0: Man,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know guys I just I just when I watch this Mav scene especially against the Suns scene like I just I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, Lance, you talked about how Brunson really played like great last series, and I talk about it on the pod. The reason why he played great, the reason why Maxi played great is because of Rudy Gobert and his drop coverage. So they were just taking advantage of that mid-range. But it's just it, it's a different thing with the Suns. They all can stay with you on the perimeter, they all can stay with you down low. So in it, 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 it makes it tough for the man. So so, so I, I just I don't see the maps um getting out uh uh, getting out of this one but if they do if they does go to end up going to a seven game series uh, yes Brunson got to step up but also Dinwiddie Dinwiddie man the man had four points last game he's supposed to be one of those uh one of those uh microwave guys right you just bring him off the bench you ain't got to run no plays for him just Dinwiddie yeah go 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 start start yourself um you know go go go, ignite your offense man so um so man I mean good series but um but let's see. Let's see what comes of this. But honestly, guys, I I, I want to get to this next series. OK, I, do we? Do you guys have anything to talk about for this for this this Sun series? Or are you guys done with that?
0: No, not really. I mean, like this, the Philly in Miami, it's it was it's been kind of a boring series for me because Joel Embiid hasn't played. And I really like the Dallas Mavericks. I really like watching Luka play. But even then like you know going into it you kind of knew Phoenix had their number. You were you're kind of hoping that Dallas can pull it off, but it's been one of those series like I'll watch it but I'm not as entertained as I am from like the Warriors Grizzlies or the Celtics and the Bucks. So it's one of those series that I'm just going to keep I'm definitely going to watch, going to keep my eyes on it. But I just think it's one of those again, it's one of those series where you know that Phoenix is going to come away with it. You know they're going to advance. So there's not as as much excitement for me you know, watching that series. But I'm still rooting for Dallas to make it a seven-game series. I think that will be fun. But I really do think Phoenix comes away with it. And there's not really too much to talk about on that on that aspect because the game – the teams really aren't that close in terms of talent.
1: Man, Jay, do you got any last things you want to add on that series or are you, you done with that?
2: I, Lance, Lance took the words right out of my mouth. I think I want to – well, I definitely want to see uh, – <laughs> this series go seven for maybe for some selfish reasons for the Warriors, to get some more rest and, and see, have both of these teams, whoever comes out, I think it's going to be Phoenix, but uh, yeah, I think Phoenix too much, um, too much experience. They want to go back into the finals and, and, uh, and I think they're going to be able to get out of the series. I don't know how much, I think six games, or six or seven, love to see it go seven, but yeah, like Len said, it's not uh, too much of a question about the outcome of who comes out.
1: Man, man. Well, I, well, all right. Yeah, that's good, good series, man. But now, guys, let's get to this 76ers uh, versus Heat series. And Lance, I was right there with you. This was not an entertaining series. Me and Jay Hill both had uh, Heat in five. And we were like, okay, well, you know, no Joel Embiid. If, if, if freaking Paul Reed or DeAndre Jordan have to be out there, I guarantee you the 76ers aren't going to win. But uh, and 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 I, I don't even have the seven sixes winning anymore. But I just want to say this, okay? Because Jay Hill, you know how much I've been raving for Joel and Embiid to be MVP in the season. I'm like, Joel Embiid MVP, Joel Embiid MVP. And he, he unfortunately, you know, didn't get it. Jokic ended up getting it two times. And Jokic deserved it, did his thing. But the biggest Jokic argument, right? Was like, oh, his impact on his team, right? If he wasn't there, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even made the, the, the play. in they were, wow, they were the sixth seed. But like, and and this is an honest question I have to, like, any of the family out there, Jay Hill, Lance, you guys, you didn't have Embiid for MVP. Like, does this change your mind, right? Because, I mean, like, look at this. Like, the, the, the 76ers were getting just, like, Mollywop, bro just like uh, on the glass they were getting out i rebounded every uh every game they were getting uh the Heat were scoring 50 plus points in the paint uh but all of this all of this stops as soon as Joel Embiid comes back in and my guy Joel Embiid is playing through a fractured thumb a fractured face a freaking concussion I've had a concussion and it is like you don't even want to look at light he is playing a basketball game with concussion he had a massive impact on this game like I mentioned he prevented the heat from scoring uh more than 50 points uh more than 50 points in the paint because in game three they only scored 28 points in the paint he prevented the heat from out rebounding them because in both games one and two the heat out rebounded the 76ers game three uh um not not the case at all and uh, I mean I know uh, Jokic is going to get MVP but just like the NBA needs to somehow figure out a way to like just like reward Joel beat for this man because i don't know if it's just coming as become because i'm a lakers fan and i see anthony davis like freaking scratches knee and then not play uh but like this needs to be rewarded this needs to be rewarded a freaking fractured face and he's out there playing to save his team and he actually does it and you know sometimes it's like oh you know you go out there but it's just so the fans can talk about you and you still give molly whop. no he went out there had an impact and won the game won the game Hey, look, man, I like Jokic, great guy, but Joel Embiid for MVP, man. I wish the NBA did it after the playoffs.
0: He's being rewarded with, I think, $48 million this year. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: there we go. You're right, you're right. <laughs> oh,
0: no, and like, I was really surprised at how bad Philadelphia is without Joel Embiid. Like, man, they did not look like a playoff team. But I think it's fair to say that Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, their impact on their teams are almost similar. You know, like I really think that if you took both those guys off the Denver Nuggets and the Philadelphia 76ers, both these teams would be bad. But the difference is you have James Harden, you know, I know he's not like James Harden of Houston, but it's still James Harden. Like he's going, he's still a good player even though his drop-off has been just crazy. I think that's what a lot of voters look at. Like They just look at the talent that each team has had, and they're like, okay, well, if Joel Embiid's not there, James Harden can still win them a few games. Tobias Harris is better than Aaron Gordon. They still got Tyrese Max, who's coming in his own, and then you look at the Nuggets. They don't have Michael Porter Jr. They don't have Jamal Murray. Um, i trying to even think of some other players they've had. They've had to play with a lot of Bench players in their starting lineup, like it's just been in for Nicola Jokic to pull them and drag them into the playoffs. That is MVP worthy of mine. But I wouldn't be upset if Joel Embiid got it. Like he is very impactful and he means a lot to what Philly is trying to do. And it's just, I mean, that's kind of my points on the MVP discussion, I guess I should say.
1: Jay, you got any thoughts on right
2: on, the, on talk right there with me, with Lance in terms of both players are deserving, but it's the overall body of work, even though I've said it all along between when they brought in James Harden. I just think it made the route to MVP just a lot more difficult for Joel Embiid just because Noel uh, Nikola Jokic, number one, had them at the sixth seed, which is low and it can be said it's low for MVP standards. But I think it's also dealing with if you're measuring up the two what they've lost and what he's been able to do in a stout West in a, in a West that's so competitive and keep them afloat. And, you know, when, although they did get a gentleman sweep in the first round, I think just even to pull out a game um, when they were severely undermatched against the Warriors was still big. Um, and, and I think both are deserving, but ultimately the James Harden and the supporting cast of Philadelphia is better than what Denver and uh, Jokic had to, to work with.
0: Okay, I got a question for you guys. Biggest, bigger X factor for their teams, James Harden for the 76ers or Tyler Hero for the Miami Heat? These guys were brought up in trade discussions a couple seasons ago, and I remember how crazy everybody thought Miami was by not letting Tyler Hero go for James Harden. But what are your guys' thoughts? Who's a bigger X factor for their team?
1: Man, I mean, if, if we're saying for their team, I think it's got to be James Harden. I mean, like, Jay, earlier in the series, you were talking about uh, Joel Embiid is clearly the best player in the series, but who's going to be that second best player? And so far, it, it it hasn't been James Harden. It needs to be James Harden. So as far as like, for biggest x-factor for their team uh, like absolutely james harden man but but that was a hard one though because tyler hero has been massive for the heat and has been coming off the bench huge for them but uh jay what, what do you think tyler or james
2: I have to flip you know we talk about miami being um being a team you know jay we talked about too miami a team without a first legitimate option and mm-hmm. people say that's jim uh jimmy buck but I, I would have to argue, like offensively, from an offensive standpoint, if you need a bucket, and I'm choosing between anyone on Miami, I'm taking Tyler Hero, just re- a consistent, reliable jumper. I mean, he believes in himself. He's willing to take those shots. Um, he can come in, get get buckets. And I think for him, offensively, and what Miami needs, they need to be. They need Tyler Hero to be that guy. And I think for James Harden, and and I'm gonna base the question off this Lance with knowing Joel Embiid's back. I do, do agree, Jay. I still agree that they need James Harden to be James Harden. But I think throughout this series, we've seen the emergence, the continued emergence and growth. And I ultimately think Tobias Harris arguably had the best six weeks of his career um, <laughs> for, real? for the for the Sixers, underrated. And I think Tyrese Maxey, you know, was, let's think about way, way back. I said, I talked to both of you. And I remember mm-hmm. Lance, you were on the stage. I said, the Sixers, cannot get rid of Tyrese Maxey because I believe in him so much. So that's why I think Tyler Hero is the guy between the two because Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris have just been playing better than James Harden consistently throughout these playoffs. So, uh, and you got Joel and d so that's and, I'll,
0: I'll and I'm with you, Jay. I think Tyler Hero is the bigger X factor for the Miami Heat because they lost by 20 in their last game. He had 14 points off the bench. If they want to advance, the Miami Heat need to find ways and they need to get Tyler Hero in the best position to score and be that offensive player. I don't care if you just have to play him off the ball, you have got to find ways to get him in open and clean looks at the basket and allow him to do his thing because he is one of their biggest players. Even though he comes off the bench and he was the sixth man of the year, like his role is so important and so vital for what the Miami Heat do. They have got to find ways to put him in the best position to get buckets like I think he is by far the biggest x factor in the series and James Harden I don't even know what's going on this dude is shooting 21 percent from the three-point line he's only made four three-pointers he's by far the biggest surprise of the playoffs in my opinion I had a client sitting in my chair earlier in the week and he's like when you look back at 30 point scorers they all shoot 12, 13, 14, 15 free throws a game. James Harden, I think, is averaging around like seven, eight a game. He has to find a way to get back to the free throw line if the my if this. Philadelphia 76ers want to win this series like I know the rules have changed but he has got to find a way to get to the free throw line it's going to help him with his shot it's going to allow it's going to allow him to get cleaner and more open looks because the defense is going to play him differently they're going to sag off they're going to allow him to it's going to be able to allow him to create space to get those three pointers off I think that's what he needs to do I think that is the biggest thing for James Harden to get back is just find a way To get to the free throw line. That's a real art, in my opinion. We all talk about how there's four levels of scoring in the NBA. You know, you can shoot from the mid range, you can attack the basket, you can shoot the three point, then you can even shoot the deeper three point. But I think there's a fifth element to being an offensive player. And the element that we don't really look at is guys getting to the free throw line it is a real art in the nba and james harden needs to find a way to get back to the free throw line if the philadelphia 76ers want to win this series i think that is such a huge part of his game it gets overlooked and you know i mean i don't know if it's the refs just you know refing the games differently or whatever maybe it is just the rule changes but james harden really needs to figure it out if the philadelphia 76ers want to advance but i mean my question to you guys is what do you think James Harden needs to do to, like, get back to being the beard in the NBA? Man, look, on, honestly, look, man, James Harden
1: has been the biggest letdown. I, I'm right there with you, Lance. I I, I agree. Uh, but I, I, I think what he needs to do more than – yes, he needs to get to the free throw line. More than anything, he needs to – get in shape and stop taking these step backs, right? Like James, this is not James Harden of 2017. This is not James Harden of 20, like that 2018, 2019, when he was the the two-time NBA scoring champion. This is not that same James Harden. And these step backs that he are taking, these are are contested step backs, like, Contested step backs when you have players like Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, who are playing better than you, just sitting there on the corners watching you. Just what, like, no, not moving, not even cutting, not getting to the basket. We got Harden dribble, 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 dribble down the shot clock to a step back i think that needs to be be be, be gone because like how you said lance the, the the game isn't called the same anymore he used to get so many of those calls on those on, on on those step backs because you couldn't you you couldn't do anything and 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 like the game to be real with you a couple of years ago favored the offensive player everyone talked about that it favored the offensive player you the defensive player couldn't put his hand on him couldn't couldn't do couldn't, couldn't do all these things but and james harden took advantage of that and, and a lot of people and, and shout out my, my brother junior man my brother he's he used, to, he used to always tell me like man like James Harden like he's not good like he just draw fouls and I used to always be like man, I mean it's, a, it's part of the game you know what I'm saying it's like it's a, it's an art of the game and like how you said Lance there's an art to the game and um if you want to win like man a point is a point whether I'm getting it free two free ones at the free throw line or I'm getting a contested one with your, your hand in my face but a point is a point and they don't really care about the all, all the outside noise but he's not doing that as much he's just simply not getting to the basket as much remember that little move James Harden used to do uh where he used to like get, get to the hoop bring it under and then like bring it over like that like he doesn't do that anymore like that move was so effective and he yeah like like how you said Lance he's gotten this last game got to the free throw line eight times Back in 2018, 2019, when he was on the Rockets taking over, he was getting, like, 14 times a game, man. So, yeah, James Harden's got to get back to the free throw line, got to get back in shape. Got to look like he cares. Guy doesn't look like he cares at times out there. I tell him miss a shot and just, like, walk back on defense that the Heat are running back the other way. It's just – just, it, 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 it's, it's disgraceful. It's just, And I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry I'm going so long, but it's, it's, it's disgraceful. The man should not have made the top 75 team. Kind of pisses me off, to be honest. Oof. Kind of pisses me off.
0: Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> Jay, talk to me.
2: It's tough. I, I I just think Lance, he's, he's lost a step, and that's he's lost. Just the, just just the, the decline of uh, his overall just athleticism. I don't know if it's, you know we talked about last episode, John, about him uh, Chris Paul being a, a vegan and him totally changing his body. And and after the two of them left, now Chris Paul's had a better career at this point since since the two of them have have left uh, Houston. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with them taking care of their bo- the way they take care of their bodies. Uh, one goes to strip clubs one's, <laughs> one's investing in, in his time. But you know, I'm not gonna get into Harden's personal decisions. But yeah, it's it's a lot to do with him losing a step. And I don't really know outside of that what he has to, what he has to change. Um, is it a little too late? Too little? Too late? Is that what we're seeing um, from him trying to trying to change his ways um, at this point in his career at this age? Um, and I just think it's really looking like a bad contract. I know he can opt into it, I believe, or he can choose to leave and, and, and explore free agency, which I don't think he'll do because that's a big bag. I think it's 46 mil. He's leaving on the table if he does that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, man, it's looking like a bad tr- trade for Brooklyn and Philly. I don't even know who, who could say won it at this point. But to answer your question, I don't know what, what, he, what he can do,
0: really. Have we had have- to change have we seen like a bigger fall from an NBA player no. or as quickly as a fall for that James Harden? Cause I mean, dude, just like a couple of years ago, we were talking about him as like a top five shooting guard of all time, you know, like the way he was playing and you know, the way he was carrying himself and how he's kind of taking over the league and man, looking back on those discussions, they seem kind of silly now. And I can't remember a player that and especially this early, cause I think James Harden is only like 31 or 32 years old. Like he's not, That old for a basketball player, you know, especially with the way the game is played and like how much more goes into their bodies and how much work they do off the court. There's just so much more that goes into having a professional career. It's I don't think we've ever seen a player drop off from being a superstar to being almost just like a role player now for the Philadelphia 76ers and just the shell of his former self but I know you guys like you guys got to get ready to go, but I got one more question for you guys. I want to ask you if you had to rank these series one through four, how do you guys rank them in terms of like entertainment and how much fun you guys are watching, like how much fun you are. Yeah. How much fun you have watching these series.
1: I let me sound off real quick. I got, I definitely got number one Celtics and Bucks. That one is right there. Top of the line. Number two, I definitely got warriors and grizzlies. Uh, It's just great series going at it. Sons, 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 Mavs, and then, um, and then
0: heat 76ers. That's my exact order. Like that is my (laughs) exact order. Like in just in terms of entertainment, how much I've been enjoying watching those series. That is my exact order, John. That's incredible.
2: Jay, what about you? Just, I, w- I would flip, man maybe, I can't even put the bias aside, but one, number one, I got uh, Warriors Grizzlies, number two, and then reverse order, basically the same order as you done.
1: Got you, uh, got you. Just,
2: just flip-flop Warriors Grizzlies, number one, and then
1: Bucks. So, yeah, number, number two, two got then, you. The rest the same, but yeah. Quality. Man, man, I mean, I, I, and then Lance, you, just, you, you talked about Harden, and I just want to kind of put this into perspective because you talked about, you know, the, the fall-off. Harden, I, I keep saying two times. I apologize. Three times scoring champion. And in 2018, 2019, the man averaged 36 points per game. And that's the seventh highest scoring average in a season in NBA history. This man has not scored more than 25 points in the playoffs yet. What is this? This is upsetting. A man, uh, James Harden, um, Jay, you I You said it best, man. I'm not trying to judge his personal choices. He do what he do off the court, but when 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 whatever you're doing off the court starts affecting what you're doing on the court, you need to fix that. You need to get yourself together. And you, you you this is the issue, man. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Show up, man. Show up.
0: It's it's funny because like, you know, a basketball, like really just a sports career only lasts so long. Like you would think when you were on top of your game, like James Harden was, you would do everything in your power to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Like when you're at that cusp, like he was, and he's on the seventy five greatest players of all time list and everything like that he's the three-time scoring champ he's been a league mvp he's been one of the most popular players in the nba you would really think that this guy would do whatever he could to remain on top and be considered one of the greatest of all time like you would really think that he would put all of his effort in off the court to doing that stuff and i mean maybe he does i have no idea but when you watch him play and you hear the stories and you see these things like it makes you think like man, maybe he just doesn't care as much as some other players have. And you kind of wish James Harden did.
1: You you really do. Jay, that point you brought up makes me think of that. Chris Paul, James Harden, same team, different directions. One, you know, chose to I'm, – I'm not even talking about the, about the family life and strip clubs, like even just the eating, you know, even just eating your food, taking care of your body. One is uh, still in the playoffs and a lot older. So <laughs> James Harden has got to get it together, man. Guys, do you guys got any last words to say about this series, man? Many last last uh insults for James Harden here.
0: <laughs> I got nothing else to say.
1: <laughs> Jay?
2: I think it I think game 4 is going to be interesting though. Um what what we see tonight could be it did look like a different Philadelphia team out there and and not not the same e team in it, but a lot to do with the X factor we talked about Tyler Hero. They got to get him more involved, got to get him better looks like Lance said and uh they'll be able to, to come out of this series um, in Man. five or six.
1: So. Man, well, well, all right, guys. So we got a lot – to look forward to guys Uh, like we've been saying at the end of all these episodes, man, it's playoff basketball. Stay tuned, man, for for all the family out there, man, for the the listeners listening, man, stay tuned me and Jerry and continue to bring uh, fire playoff coverage, man. Um, You already know, you know, two episodes per week, stay tuned for that. And we always bring in a guest, man. And this week it happened to be our, the great, the great Lance, make them dance, Caparotti from the everything Pistons podcast, Lance. I just want to thank you one more time, man for coming on um you've been uh, honestly a friend a real friend of ours you know since since the beginning so we appreciate you coming on uh do you got any last words you want to say here
0: man i just want to say thanks again for having me on i love coming on to the clutch talk podcast and talking basketball with you guys it's always a treat i really do appreciate it just giving me another platform to talk basketball this is i mean this is what i do this is what i love to do and i'm just glad you guys gave me the opportunity um just real quick for everybody that's still listening um Follow me on Twitter, Lance Caparosi. Check out the Everything Pistons podcast. Even if you're not a Pistons fan, do me a favor and just go check out the Ben Wallace interview, man. Like, that was a lot of fun. One of the highlights of my podcasting career. Please feel free to go check that out. And, you know, do what you guys do. And thanks, thanks again to John and Jay for letting me on their podcast and being able to talk hoops.
1: Yes, sir, man. It's all good. Everything's in the description down below for Lance's stuff, man. Y'all check out Everything Pistons podcast, man. But, Jay, any, any last words here?
2: Lance always appreciates you coming on the show, man. Anytime, anytime too. Um, and, and yeah, go go check out Lance's stuff. Great content, and that Ben Wallace episode, man. Legend, check. legend on the on, on the show on everything Pistons podcast. So uh, go check that out. And and as always, appreciate everyone listening and continued
1: support. Yes, sir, man. That's it. We out here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Peace.